You're listening to the Hero Up Podcast with Jim Simcoe. Thanks for being here today. Let's get rolling with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Epic All Day Podcast. This is Jim Simcoe. I am so stoked to have my friend Bronwyn Eisen on the show today. How are you? I'm great, Jim. How are you? Good, good, good. It's great to finally have you here. So this is the actual second go around of recording this because we had a little technical difficulties before. But uh, uh, like I was just telling, like I was just saying a couple minutes ago before we started recording, I'm not going to touch anything. I'm not going to even look <laughs> at my keyboard. I'm just going to like talk. We'll just talk. Well, no problem. I'm happy to be here the second go around. Yeah, so yeah. Great. So, <laughs> so, so thanks so, for having me. Yeah. And I'm so stoked. I, I mean, I'm so stoked to have met you and, and get to know you a little bit. I think your story is so awesome and so um, will be so impactful for so many people. But before we get into all that, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, Bronwyn Eisen is my name, and I live in La Quinta, California. I own a yoga studio here called Evolve Yoga, and I moved out here to the Palm Springs area about eight, nine years ago from Scottsdale, Arizona. I would say that this is the desert here. Palm Springs area is home to me. I grew up the first 10 years of my life in Lake Tahoe, Nevada. And then I spent the other, um, let's see, 11 years or so, 12 years, 15, I, I can't keep track anymore, um, here in the desert. And then I moved on to uh, Arizona to go to Arizona State University to study broadcasting. So I have a broadcast journalism degree. Cool, very cool. And yes, and I've worked in media and used to anchor and report the news and all kinds of fun stuff and television hosting and speaking and and uh, yoga literally kind of just happened by accident. So that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's so cool. And I want to hear about that. So, and I want to get into that in a second, but um, so, so you grew up in Tahoe. So one of the questions I always like asking people is what was high school like for you? What, and what was, you know, what were some of the things, you know, cause I think so many, so many interesting things happened to us in high school and so many different um, things that happened in high school end up shaping the rest of our lives. Can you, can you share something like that from, from your high school experience? Sure. High school, I'll be real honest, was a little bit of a blur. I think my greatest highlights was that I was on the dance team. I was very active in, in school and extracurricular activities, clubs and all that kind of stuff. And I met four of my very best girlfriends in high school, whom I'm still best friends with uh, to today. And I had a boyfriend in high school, so I had my heart broken. So I think that's, you know, (laughs) when you really do start to learn all those things. It's horrible. uh, Isn't it, wouldn't it be so much better to learn it a different way than having your heart broken? Yes. And I've had my heart broken even more so after high school, but all that good preparation from uh, high school is, is good. But yeah, that's crazy. All right. It's, it's good. But the best thing for my school is are my girlfriends. Cause I just, they are the sisters I've never had. And I uh, have a brother, but no sisters. And we communicate regularly. Like we're yeah. in touch all the time. Yeah. We talk all the time and we've cried together, laughed, gotten angry with each other like sisters do, you know? So we've, uh, yeah, we've had some good times. Right on. Cool. That's very cool. And that's, uh, and that's, that's cool to to see when you have a long-term friendship like that after, you know, you go, you go through so many different things, right? Having kids and marriages and divorces and whatever else. It's just Mm kind of cool when you can have Mm -hmm. somebody who's like, you know, you have that history with, I mean, um, I know my personal life, um, my, one of my best friends is, uh, his name is Jim as well. We went to college together and we met freshman year and, you know, we could go months without talking, but when we do, we're right back into where we were back then. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, each it's other, like so. you never left each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah exactly. The relationships I have with these girlfriends. Right. And you, mm-hmm. you know, you call each other on your bullshit and everything else. So it's just kind of, a, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a cool thing. <laughs> Pretty at least, much. At least we do. I don't Recently know. Recently did know. that. Yes. <laughs> so, I gotcha. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. So let's, I want to get into, cause I think your story is so fascinating. Tell us how you got, I want to, I want, how did you go from being in Arizona, uh, being involved in the mortgage business or being married to someone who's in the mortgage business and that whole world into starting your, your own yoga studio in La Quinta? Well, when I first moved to Arizona, I did, you know, I was there to go to school. 
So right. I had a great college experience at, at Arizona State. Uh, not long after I graduated, I met my now ex-husband. And he and I, you know, he was in the car business at the time. And then we got married. He was still in the car business. And he came home one day and said, hey, I want to try this mortgage thing. Okay. And when and was, was this? Like, well, what, was this when everything was kind of blowing up? Oh, geez. Yeah, things things were blowing up okay. for sure. This was at not even at the height of the market. This is kind of like when things really started to catch momentum. Gotcha. Okay. And so, and he caught momentum and he caught it fast and he was successful very, very quickly, um, worked for a company and then opened up his own mortgage company and hired a bunch of people. So it was really, really, really quick. And so with all of that, you know, it was very fast, very, very fast paced life. And here, I was, you know, 30, 32 years old living what I think is a very unrealistic lifestyle for most people. Um, you know, on the outside, people looking at it going, oh, you had it all. I had the big house, you know, the multimillion dollar house and then the the cars and now the kids. And it just looked like I had everything working. Um, but what wasn't really working was it was the marriage. So um, lo and behold, the marriage wasn't working and that's a whole other story, but the marriage wasn't working. And when the market crashed, we lost everything. Uh, so that was absolutely devastating. When I say we lost everything, I mean everything. So while I was married to my ex-husband, I, I got in to yoga or even before that I got into yoga or no, I had my foot injury. I had a very bad foot injury that I had to have surgery and it was called a sesamoidectomy where they had to remove a bone from the ball of my foot. My goodness. So post, yeah, post therapy, physical therapy, the therapist had said to me, Hey, I think you should try yoga. So we belonged to a gym at the time that uh, was very, very nice. And they offered yoga there and I was able to be connected with some, some of the greatest teachers, um, even today and who have made it very, very big in the, in the yoga industry. And so, and before that, just before that I was anchoring and reporting the news. Oh, really? So, yeah, I was, so I was working and then I was also doing yoga, like when I could catch a workout because I didn't have kids yet. So all of this is pre-kids. Okay. So I kind of am jumping around here a little bit, That's but okay. pre-kids, um, I was doing yoga and working in broadcasting. And then even before my children, I said, Hey, you know what? Cause my ex-husband was like, you know, this whole broadcasting thing, this, this isn't really working for me. I mean, you know, you don't have to work. Why don't you just stay home? And I said, well, if I'm going to give all that up, I, I want to be able to, uh, you know, I got, I got to be able to have children. Like let's have kids. So he's right. like, okay. Because I needed something to do. <laughs> right. I guess you could say. Well, and that so, you know, and that's a credit to you because a lot of people would just you know sit on their ass and be like, "Sure, I'll sit home and not work and not yeah, do anything." Sounds so great. I just started doing yoga and I loved it. And I stepped on that mat and I've never stepped off now, almost twenty years later, and it's been absolutely wonderful. But you know, when everything crashed, circling back around to that. I was like, oh my gosh, I, this is crazy. Cause now I had had kids. I hadn't worked almost five years. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have like no job experience. And yeah. how am I ever going to get a job in this horrible market? So I knew how to do two things. And that was teach yoga and, uh, broadcasting because right after I started doing a lot of yoga, I gone to one of my teachers and said, Hey, I want to teach yoga. What do you think? And she said, yeah, go for it. So I taught, I, ta I was teaching yoga before. Um, I had my kids. In fact, I taught all the way up in my first pregnancy until I was about seven, seven months. Wow. And wow. seven, eight months. Yeah. So I knew how to teach yoga and I knew broadcasting. So when everything crashed, which was what, like 2008, Yeah. I had had my first daughter in 04, my second one in 07. So it was really starting to not be so great even in 07. That's right. when that whole trickle, it was starting to just go down. But I was really not, I was so focused on my children and was focused on my marriage not working. And 
you know, it just, everything, it came at me like just a ton of bricks. And I kept hearing from him, it's all going to work out. It's all going to work out. Well, next thing you know, there's the notice on the door that my house is going into foreclosure. Uh, I had to turn in. Yeah. Without any notice. Um, There was times I'd come home, the electricity wasn't on because at some point I did tell him, you know, it's time for you to move because it, there were other things that were going on in the relationship that it wasn't right for him to be in, in the home anymore. Gotcha. So I stayed in the home, he left and I was there by myself. And then, like I said, there were times I'd come home and there's no electricity. And I remember my dad coming to me one day and he, he looked at me and he goes, it's over. This is over Bronwyn. You, you, and I, and I'm just like oblivious. I had no frame of reference of anything except like, what do you mean? It's over you're going to need to move out of this house. You're going to need to turn in your car. Like it's over. (laughs) I was like, Oh my my gosh, I've built like this whole, I've built my, my life here. And anyway, so harsh reality of it was the notice came on the door. Uh, since my ex-husband was in the car business before my dad said to me, you know, the right thing for you to do instead of them coming and getting the car or you showing up in the parking lot and your car is gone with these two kids, you need to just go turn in your car. So I went to the old dealership where he used to work, which he was no longer there, obviously. And I turned in my car. And so from there, my dad gave me a car to use. Um, My family helped me pack up my home in Arizona. And they brought me out here to California. We came back here to California, which is, you know, Palm Springs area, which was familiar to me. But I carried with me a lot of shame at that time, Jim, because I felt like, oh my gosh, the people who knew me and now I'm coming back home, you know, not living at home, but technically coming back home. Like I felt like I had failed so miserably. And now I've got these two kids. I can't get a job. Um, I had a job here locally at a local news, um, at a local news organization with NBC Mm -hmm. and I was hired. And on the way here, when I was literally moving here, he's like, Hey, guess what? I got a job in Florida. So I passed your stuff along and we'll be in touch with you. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just lost this job. So it was really crazy anyway. So long story longer. Um, I had a friend who worked, uh, her husband worked in fitness here, got me a job at a really beautiful prestigious club. One of the most prestigious clubs in the country. I started teaching yoga there. I had a friend who introduced me to a company that was looking for a medical host to travel with them around the United States to do medical hosting for them. Um, which was, uh, physicians, dentists. So fortunately when I moved out here, I had those two jobs I had, you know, but they were, they were very few and far between as far as teaching and getting the medical hosting, even though it was still happening, it wasn't enough to really supply a really deep income for me to where I could support myself and kids. Um, so that led to me, um, after about being here a month and a half or two, my parents saying, you know, Hey, this is over too. Like we can't help you anymore. Like this is done. We paid for all your moving expenses here. Like you got to figure this out. And meanwhile, I'm in a funk. I'm shamed. I feel horrible about myself. Plus I was fighting an upper respiratory disease called coccidiomycosis. So I was very, very ill at the time on top of it all. So I, um, had to go on food stamps and state assistance. And that was a very humbling, humbling time. Um, I had really wondered what had happened to my life. Right. <laughs> and it was, it, to me, I just felt like I was going on a downward spiral and, and I was so deep inside my rabbit hole that I didn't know how I was going to get out. So I went into a little bit of a funk for a while. And then, um, one day while sleeping on my mom's couch, I got up cause that became a regular habit for me. And while my kids would nap, I would just take a nap with them too, rather than being productive. And I just mm-hmm. got up one day and I said, I can't do this anymore. This isn't, this is not me. I've got to do something about this. So that's when I started to just look at my life a little bit differently and put myself into gear. I got myself more motivated. And then I, things, once I started putting myself out there, that's when things really started to happen. So over the last five years of being an entrepreneur, um, I'm, you know, at the time you're not grateful for the experience that you're having, but I wouldn't want it any other way, Jim. I'm so grateful 
for having that harsh reality, for hitting rock bottom, for being able to survive. And now my message is that, you know, nothing is ever so bad to where you can't come out of it. There's always hope. And there are people around you, whether you believe it or not, that will come and support and help you if they know that you're willing to help yourself. You have to be willing to help yourself. And, you know, I'm, it's made me so passionate about being able to help others uh, as well as being physical, um, whether it's a yoga practice or it's out of some sort of workout, but just being healthy and overall mind and body because my mind was all screwed up. My body was all screwed up and I came full circle with a healthy mind, healthy body. <laughs> so there you have it. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, so first of all, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, man, thank you for sharing all that. I mean, it's an amazing story. And I got to tell you, like most people are not honest or strong enough to be willing to share that type of, sh that type of story in that level of detail. Um, so that's just really cool. First of all, that you can do that. I mean, it shows that how confident and how, um, how strong you are. Um, I have a couple of questions. So when you were going through this time, were you, did you, were you still very connected to the yoga mat and to your yoga practice or was that something that I was, you were, no, I was, I was teaching and then I was also finding time to practice and, I always say that there are some really important components that, that got me through my hard times. And that was my faith, my family, my friends, and my yoga practice. Okay. And my mat was a place where I felt like I could, it, it, where I could breathe. Right. There were some times when I would be into my practice almost 20 minutes and I had finally caught my breath. Wow. I, I walked around just holding my breath, which is why I pay such attention to um, breathing techniques in yoga because most of us are walking around holding our breath. We're not yeah. allowing the breath to flow. It keeps us stressed. It holds us back. It's not healthy for, for your entire uh, system, <laughs> you know, no, for uh, your overall health. Uh, it's, we need the oxygen. And so, yeah, my yoga practice, I was still practicing. My yoga practice was not as strong as it is now, but at, I was starting to get back on track. That's awesome. That's so cool. And I, I think you're so right about the breath. I mean, and I, um, and I should mention to those of you who are listening, Bronwyn is going to be, she's one of our featured speak speakers at the hero up summit in a couple of weeks in San Diego. And man, I'm so, I mean, I'm excited for the whole event. I'm so excited for your portion, for your portion, because I think it's just going to be fantastic. And you're going to be able to, really help people who are going to be there. So I'm stuck. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'm really excited to be a part of it and, and thank you for inviting me. Yeah, and I, I know that you have some other really wonderful guests that will be there. And, yep, and so breath is something that, you know, anyone who's planning on coming breath is something that I'm going to accentuate while I'm there with, Good. with everyone. Yeah. I noticed, mm -hmm. you know, it's funny, even, in, you know, in my life, I find that there are times when, you know, when you've got 50 things going on, I mean, I'm married and I've got two daughters and two dogs and two cats and I run a business and, you know, I've got a bunch of different things. Sometimes I feel myself the same way and, I, and I'm just like, I'm just breathing shallower and then I just, I mm -hmm. catch myself. Short and, and shallow. Like, yeah, short and shallow. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, and then I take a nice, you know, I take a few deep breaths and kind of calm down a little bit and I feel so much better. So I think that that's, I think that that's really, uh, really, really key. Um, so along those lines, so you open this yoga studio, you know, if you had to, if you had to nail it down to one thing, what do you find, you know, what do you believe to be your purpose in the world? Like, what is your why? What do you do? Or why do you do what you do? Well, it's that I feel very motivated to inspire others uh, okay. so that they can really recognize their personal greatness and who they are and why they're unique. Uh, we each have a talent uh, that we're all very, very special and more so than anything to have the confidence to believe 
in themselves because when we believe in ourselves, others will believe in us too. Right. And so my why, I guess you could say, is is to inspire. I am very passionate about what I do. And I know that because I'm passionate, it inspires me to even be better for other people. That's that's what I do every day. Right. And your story is is inspiring. I mean, I think that you're, it's not just inspiring, it's empowering. I think a lot of people can look at your story and say like, you know, here's someone who's been, you know, who's been clearly through the ringer and has been successful despite all of these challenges. And, and what I, what strikes me about you that I really respect and admire is that you're not somebody who, you don't necessarily wear it on your sleeve. So you're not necessarily walking around saying, oh, I went through this horrible experience and now I'm, you know, a thousand times better. Um, you're kind of matter of fact about it. Like when it comes up in conversation from what I've seen is like, that's when you bring it up, but you're not uh, prophesizing about it and you're not like preaching on it every time, uh, you know, you probably have an opportunity to, which I think is really cool. I think it's really cool. Um, well, thank you. No, you're welcome. So, so you deal with a lot of people. I mean, you're around a lot of people a lot of time uh, in <laughs> <Yes>. your studio. <laughs> what do you see? What do you see are the biggest self-destructive tendencies you see in people that are in your studio or as clients or what have you? Well, I think from what I see and what I've seen over the last five years and what I think I just generally see in people in general is excuses. Okay. Uh, A lot of excuses of why not to do something? Oh, I couldn't show up because of this. I couldn't keep to my diet because of that. Um, I think it's a lack of consistency. And I think that that can be very self-destructive. When we're consistent, you see results. Right. So, right. (laughs) Right. Um, But overall, I, I would say, you know, that might be the only thing is that of just making excuses because when, when people say, say they come to my studio and they buy a package and then they don't use all of it and then they want to come back and they want to extend it. And they're like, well, I didn't really get the results that I was hoping for. Well, you didn't show up. <laughs> you got to show up <laughs> to get the result. right? Uh, somebody like, said, somebody once said like, you know, like showing up is half the battle. I think it's so true. <laughs> I think it's so true. It's just like, yeah. And I like, mentioned that in my game. classes. Yeah. yeah I mentioned that in my classes. I always tell them, I'm like, you know what? Give yourself a big hug or high five your neighbor for showing up because you showed up, which is more than what somebody else didn't do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it is. I think, I think, you know, and I make excuses too sometimes for not doing stuff, but I, I catch myself and I go, okay, knock it off. Like, don't make excuses. Own up to it. Like, you didn't go because you were tired or whatever. So, you know, I, I think excuses. Yeah. I think that that's, I think that that's a, that's, that's a big one in people's lives. So one of the things that you we've also talked about offline is the ability to build confidence through yoga, positive self-talk and really learning to believe in who you are. And so from your perspective and what everything that you've gone through and people, what you see in other people is what, are, what do you think are the, you know, a couple of keys, three keys of living confidently? And building confidence. Well, I know that we're going to be discussing this at the retreat, so yes. I don't want to give all of them. Away don't give it all away, but just because I have, I'm not going to give it all away. <laughs> uh, but three of the seven that I think are very, very important are that of knowing that you're loved, mm-hmm. and that's important with respects to. Uh, sometimes we wonder if somebody loves us or not. And, and we shouldn't have to question that. And sometimes we're desiring so badly for someone to love us. And sometimes that person isn't capable of loving you. Like I was in a relationship uh, after my marriage that was two and a half years, I was engaged. And at the end of the day, you know, I wanted him so badly to love me the way that I loved him but I also learned he just wasn't capable. So when someone's not capable of doing it, you know, of, of loving you back, then you have to set them free. Yeah, and that's a very do, hard right? thing. There's not much you can do. And you don't want to be around someone like that because 
then it's holding you back from the right person who could really love you. And that's what you want is to be loved. So knowing, knowing that you're loved. Um, the second one would be to, uh, to live fearless. Mm. And I like that. that's, that's a scary thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so to live fearless and I'd have to say, you know, even opening my yoga studio, I had to be in a fearless, uh, point, you know, state of mind because the way I opened my yoga studio was ridiculous. I mean, I, I did it on an absolute shoestring budget and I had to have no fear. And after careful research of how it would potentially come together, uh, you know, and, and it all has, and it's still thriving and doing really well. But had I let fear hold me back, I wouldn't, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation. So to live fearless, if you, and and when I say live fearless, I'm saying do it responsibly. Don't be irresponsible with, with what you're doing, but to live fearless. Like if you have an idea, you've got a passion, go for it, you know, go for it. I mean, I had a guy come into my studio today and he's telling me about his dreams and his goals. And he's like, you know, I could have, I could have gone back into real estate, but I just, I just love I love teaching golf and this is what I love to do. And I said, you know what? I admire you for, for going for what you want and what you love. I think that's great. Cause otherwise you would have been miserable right? all because he would have been fearful of not being able to make it teaching golf. So I, I really, I appreciated that. The third one would be, and this, I, this one I really, really love and it's uh, recovering from your setbacks. Wow. And to live confidently. Yeah. Tell me about that. To be able to, just to be able, you know, we fall down, we trip, (laughs) you know, we, (laughs) my setback that I had of losing everything, it's not going to be my last setback in life, but I always like to describe it that once you have that setback and you're able to recover, you've got a tool belt now before you just maybe had a belt, (laughs) but now you've got so many different tools in that tool belt that you can whip those things out. And now you're ready for your next experience. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have another setback, but it may not ever be as, as big as the very first one that you ever had. Right. So I think recovering from setbacks is, is one way to really truly live confidently because you you know that you can recover from it. You've got to come out of it. Yeah. Right. I think that that's key. Cause I think that, um, and I talk about this a lot, but I think that the, there's a, there's a huge difference between shooting for success versus shooting for perfection, right? Like mm-hmm. people who mm-hmm. shoot for perfection are continuously letting themselves down. Mm-hmm. And when you shoot for success, you're opening yourself up for failure, small failures, big failures here and there. But if your ultimate goal is for success, for success, then you're not worried about getting scarred up. You're not worried about getting dirty and and like, you're not worried about the journey as much as you are as the end goal and what you're trying to achieve. And I think Mm -hmm. personally, that's the, that's the biggest thing I see from people that, you know, I work with or people who are coming to the event is that they, um, many times are shooting to be perfect. And they are, you know, because society. And whose perfect is it? They're yeah, perfect. Yeah, exactly. Well, the thing is like. And who are you trying to measure up to? Totally. And know? we all, and we, especially with like the insidious nature of, of social media to some extent is that like, you ah, know, when yeah. you go on Instagram, you go on Facebook, you see, you see every, every single one of your Facebook friends or, or 95% <laughs> of them, you see their best life. You see the best moments of their best life when they've got perfect food or whether their kids look cute and their kids hair is combed and everything is like, everybody's smiling, everybody's happy. But you don't see that kid when he's like throwing a bowl of spaghetti against the wall or when like, you know, the husband wake, you know, your husband wakes up and he's, you know, he looks horrible and you're in a fight, you know, for whatever reason, you're like, you don't, nobody ever posts that stuff. It's always like, mm-hmm. Oh, look at my beautiful, look at my beautiful family and look at how awesome we are. And look at this wonderful avocado quinoa salad I made that took like 17 hours and, you know, probably didn't <laughs> right. taste any good. And like, I'm going to take a picture of it, put it on Instagram because everyone else does that. I mean, it's, that's the thing is like, I think part of, part of living, like to your point about that is like the ability to recover from setbacks is the ability to 
you know, shoot for success over perfection. And when, when you can let go of perfection and realize mm-hmm. that, yeah, you, like you're saying, like you're going to have setbacks and things are going to go bad and things are going to happen. A, you're being realistic, right? You're setting a realistic bar for your life. And then B, you're preparing ahead of time for something that's probably going to happen. So you're going to be able to manage it better. It's like, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, the old adage, you know, a thousand years ago when I was, when I was, um, in the dating world, um, I had kind of this running thing with a couple of my friends where I was like, well, you know, I'm going to take this girl out. I don't know her. The absolute, you know, the best thing that happens is we get along and we have a great time and, you know, we're going to date for however long. Right. But the worst thing happens is that I'm going to go to this restaurant and they have a really good shrimp scampi and I'm going to have a great meal. And even if I can't stand her or she doesn't like me or there's no connection or whatever, the absolute worst case scenario is that I'm going to get a good meal out of it. So you kind of go into it like a lower bar. And so you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're always pleasantly surprised when things, you know, when, when, when things go well, which I think is. Yeah. And if you go yeah. ahead, no, no, go ahead. I cut you off. Well, no. And, and when you think about it, Jim, it's like, um, it takes so, there's so much effort that's required in trying to be perfect. Oh my God. It's insane. I mean, it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. There's no way. There's, I mean, even thinking about it makes me tired. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, seriously, like my, like when you, when you just said that my stomach actually clenched. It really did. Yeah. Cause I used to be, I used to be like the, you know, the perfect dude at work and the perfect, you know, the begin, I think in the beginning of, you know, I've been married 15 years, beginning of our marriage, I really wanted to be the perfect husband. And by that, I mean like trying to get every single thing right. And, and really in many ways, not really being myself. And kind of what I learned was like, that's not really the guy my wife fell in love with. It's also not the mm-hmm. guy that I am, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so like, I kind of, I, I almost feel like when you're always exhibiting that perfection or shooting for that per- perfection, to some extent, it's almost dishonest in a little bit of a way. Mm-hmm. Like me telling mm-hmm. my, in the beginning, me telling my wife, that I love to hike and, you know, I love going to, you know, really hot yoga and I love eating salad. Like that might be a perfect way to live, but it's totally not true. Like I can't stand hiking. No offense to anyone who hikes. You know, I think a lot of people <laughs> love it, but you know, with I've had numerous knee, knee surgeries. So I, you know, hiking is not my thing. And, and I realized that once I let go of that, that ability or excuse me, that desire to be perfect, everything just got way better because I was way more honest about it. And I think mm-hmm. that, and, and I have the, I think I have the luckiest out of everybody. I'm a white, sort of brown, more brown than white guy in America. Like, I can't imagine the stuff that women go through, you know, in terms of the way society wants women to be perfect in how you look, how you act, everything else. Like, I, I can't even imagine it. Like, it, as guys, the bar, the bar for us, perfection-wise, is set so low compared to where it is for women. And I think it's got to be a, that's got to be a tough thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm just glad that I, I have a significant and uh, I'm just glad that I don't have to, uh, <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to do that bar scene anymore. And, and through, through it all, that's the thing through my trials and tribulations and being married and being engaged. Um, I needed a timeout and finally found the right person and he's absolutely wonderful. So I'm, you know, but it took all that time. It, it took all that time. time. It takes a long time, but I, you know, too, I had to go through all of my loss to understand what it's like to truly gain, to really understand and, and, and appreciate a good person. Right. Cause you can, you can appreciate Mm -hmm. it more once you've been through the, the hellhole of, of, um, some other (laughs) other relationships. That's a very good description. It is a hellhole. I've been, I've been, Hey, I've been in that situation. I mean, like, you know, you talk about before about, um, uh, sort of the self-destructive tendencies you see in your clients. Um, uh-huh. And you, you know, the big thing when you said was excuses and how that affects it. Like I know from my own personal experience, when I lived in LA, I dated a girl who ended up being a lesbian and I dated her for mm. two years and I tried everything in the world to try and get that woman to love me. And, and like, what honestly, like it was mm. never going to happen. And I just kept making mm-hmm. excuses after excuses after excuses. And I wasted, you know, two and a half years of my life. From that. So yeah. like, I've been in. Well, you and I are in the same boat. Uh, yeah. I mean, I dated someone for two and a half years. That was, that's a whole other podcast. About- that is a whole other podcast. We'll, we yes. will come back to that because that's probably a different <laughs> podcast, but that's yeah. a, that would be good. We'll stay on topic yeah. on this one. 
So, yes. So go So, um, one thing I wanted to ask you too, cause you touched on something, what, you know, during your time of, you know, when you were climbing back out of your hellhole and you were climbing mm-hmm. back out, what did you do to really improve your confidence and your success? Was it a, was it a daily thing of affirmations and meditations and, you know, positive self-talk or did it come in big chunks, like in big moments? Like what was that like? What was your experience like? It was gradual. Okay. It was very gradual. I, cool. I wouldn't say, I mean, it, nothing. It, it, yeah, it was definitely gradual and, you know, I still work on it and I preach it, but I also know that it's something that, so anyone who thinks they're going to have instant confidence overnight is not, that's not reality. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Um, it's, yeah, it doesn't happen just like anything. I mean, you don't get really good at surfing overnight either. Nope. Uh, so anything, you know, you have to put the effort in. And I would definitely say um, it was affirmations. It was healthy self-talk. Uh, it was posting my affirmations all over my mirrors so that every time oh, I cool. walked into my bathroom, yep. I mean, I had post-its everywhere. In fact, at the end of my marriage, I remember he came by to see the girls, my daughters, and he walked into the bathroom and he goes, whoa, what's going on in here? And he goes, oh, it looks like we're really trying to build ourselves up. And I thought, you know, I could have let his comment tear me down. Right. And I said, yeah, that's where I'm going. And I mean, we're talking about stickies everywhere. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it did look a little wackadoodle, but I also knew that I needed that in my face all yeah. the time. And what also was, was very helpful was having two little girls that I was so blessed to have that are healthy and, you know, looking at their sweet little faces every day also, you know, kept me very, very confident. Um, and I knew that I had to, to build and help build a life for them. Um, so I, I would say the self-talk was, you know, the affirmations were probably the biggest thing. And then the self-talk started to come and then, the people around me have had a wonderful support system of, of girlfriends and family. They could see that I was um, trying my best to dig myself out of a hole. So that, right. that was, you know, having people believe in me too. So that and helped immensely. Yeah. I think that that's key. I think it's um, one of the things that about that, that's interesting is that, you know, sometimes those, those people aren't necessarily the people you think they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, like my mom is crazy supportive as is my dad and my close friends. But I remember when I was going through everything that was really rough, um, my uncle, who's my favorite uncle who lives on the East coast, my uncle Patrick, who I've talked about before in the podcast, who I never see, I probably haven't seen the guy in five years, but he has been my champion my entire life. He has only been loyal to me. He's only been supportive of me. And, and really in my times of trials or, and whatever, he's one of the first people I think of, one of the very first people I reach out to, and he's always had a kind word and given me good advice. And I just always knew that he was always there for me. And mm-hmm. it is amazing how, how much strength you can draw from that. Even mm-hmm. if someone is not local, even if it's someone that you're not going to see in a long time, or you haven't seen in a long time, like just the fact knowing that that person exists, even if it's just one person I think mm-hmm. it'd be so empowering for our lives, especially when we are in, you know, sort of the depths of hell, like we're talking about, like you just need one person to believe in you, one person to have your back mm-hmm. and it can mm-hmm. kind of get you. It can shift everything. Yeah, just it like someone everything. who doesn't have your back. Yeah. Can shift it in the complete negative way. It, right. You know, it's either someone who lifts your spirit or breaks your spirit. Right. And those people, I think those people in many ways, I mean, cause, um, I find myself motivated sometimes by those people or I have in my life where like people who didn't believe in me um, and, mm-hmm. and, and knowing that, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this on my own. I thought like I had my back. I thought like I was my friend from college. He's not. So, mm-hmm. so <laughs> that's okay. We don't have to be friends. Um, and I know this now, you know, I, I always tell this example of like when I was um, kind of coming up in the corporate world and starting businesses and that sort of thing. And I, I would have different successes and, People would hear about it on Facebook or, um, you know, I don't know, it would come up and I'd win an award or whatever. 
Um, one of my best friends from college, John Hackett, who himself has faced a lot of demons, but has gotten through it. He was always genuinely happy, always genuinely happy about stuff I had done, always congratulating me, sending me texts, calls, whatever. And you could tell like he, he really didn't have anything to gain for it other than his buddy on the West Coast. He's in New York. You know, his buddy in the West Coast had something really good happen to him. And he was genuinely happy for me. Whereas like there were other people who were in that sort of same friend group who were, you know, would like belittle the award or like, you know, wouldn't, you could just tell that they weren't thrilled about it or they weren't happy mm-hmm. for me. And I was like, you know, it's kind of weird. Cause like, these guys are supposed to be my friends, but it got really crystal clear for me that I don't need 50 people telling me that I'm great. I need one person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I need one person mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. Sometimes, I mean, I love it when it's my wife. I love it when it's my kids. If it's anyone else, it's fantastic. I've got my Uncle Patrick. Like, I don't really need, you know, 50 great friends. I've got like three, you know, and mm-hmm. that seems to be good mm-hmm. enough. Um, okay, so I have a couple more questions for you because I don't want to keep you forever, but I mean, I do, but I don't. Because <laughs> eventually you're going to get bored. Uh, but no. what, what would you tell the 30-year-old version of yourself? Oh, my gosh. Um, I know, right? Pay attention to detail. Ooh, good one. Tell me more about that. What do you mean by that? I just, I kind of felt like my 20s, I was in college. I wouldn't say that my head was in the clouds. My 30s or my, my, the actual age of being 30, um, I, I just felt like my head was in the clouds. I wasn't paying attention to detail. I wasn't taking care of myself properly. I should have been doing more self-care for myself, but there wasn't as much of an emphasis on self-care and taking care of yourself like there is today. Um, of course, you know, I wish I knew back then what I know now. Right. Uh, things would be very differently. And I think we all say that as we get a little bit older and wiser. But I think to anyone, you know, pay attention to the people in your life uh, who are your true friends, like you were just saying, uh, who really matters. You don't, you really don't need that much. I sometimes right, right. really like that so old true. saying of less is more. <clears throat> yep. uh, you know, I, I mean, my <laughs> ideal night is being able to stay home with my family, cook dinner and either play games or watch a movie together. Oh, and awesome. I wasn't really being able, yeah, I just wasn't paying attention. I wasn't. And I feel like had I been paying better attention at that time in my life, I can't say that I would have avoided some of the problems, but I would have been a lot more privy to what was happening in my life. So pay, yeah, just pay attention. (laughs) And it's sometimes hard to do that because 30 is still very young. It is. God, it seems so young to me. Mm -hmm. It seems so young. (laughs) I mean, thank God I had, I met Kelly right when I was 29. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that seems so young. It seems like so, but I think that that's good advice. Pay attention. I also, I would add, add on that on my side, I would add, pay attention to the signs, pay attention mm-hmm. to the signs around you. You're going to get messages from the world. Um, some of them you're going to act on because you're going to be awake to them. Other ones you're not, and you're just going to come completely miss opportunities or, or, or you're just going to do what you want to do. And then yeah. you're going to learn your lesson. You're going to learn your lesson. And some <laughs> lessons are, some lessons are super easy and some, some lessons are, are, you learn them over and over again and they're super painful, which is unfortunate, mm-hmm. but. That is what it is. Um, all right. Two more questions or three more questions for you. So what did, you know, you are one of the strongest, more, most empowered women that I know. Oh, thank you. And I come from a single mom who raised me when, you know, we were the same thing on food stamps, state assistance, uh, put herself through school, got her master's at night while working full time um, as a social worker. So, and one of the things I like is when I can, when I have the ability and, and the, uh, when I'm honored enough to talk to someone who's so, who's so empowered. There are other female listeners listening right now, right? Who maybe aren't feeling as confident or as strong or as empowered to you as you. What advice would you give them? Well, I think every woman desires to be sexy. And I think one of the sexiest things that we can project is our confidence. Um, 100% agree. I'm not going to interrupt you, but that is by far the, the sexiest thing about any woman. Go ahead. Sorry. Thank you. Just stepping into, um, into man mode there for a second. So just in case there's any, just in case anyone was curious about as to what a guy thinks that is 
by far the sexiest thing. I'm I'm glad that you agree, Jeff. This is great. Without a doubt. <laughs> um, I think that it's very powerful. I think that it's not only a key to personal success, but it's that of professional success as well. And, you know, it goes back to how can you expect anybody else to believe in you or want to be a part of your life and your world if you're not exuding confidence? Because we all like to be around confident people right. and people who who we all think have their crap together or, right. you know, we like to surround ourselves with, with like-minded people. And um, so I would say, yeah, that anyone who is listening and who's on the fence about coming to the retreat, they need to come to this retreat Yeah, definitely. because just hop off the fence and go for it (laughs) 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 because I think the whole weekend is going to be just, like I said, it's not going to happen overnight, Nope. but I think anyone who comes is going to feel very, very empowered because we all have a story and anyone who's coming, they have a story, but you don't, that it, it's not who you are. Your story is not who you are. Right. (laughs) You know, it's stuff that happened to you and more stuff is going to happen, but it doesn't mean that you can't go out into this world and be more confident. Right. Right. Totally agree. Totally agree. Last question for you. Who inspires you? Who are your heroes? No, my little girls, those little girls. What are their names? Brielle and Brina. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Those little girls inspire me each and every day. And people always said to me, gosh, in fact, I've, been mentoring a gal who went and opened her own yoga studio in the state of Nevada. And, and she said, I just don't know how you do it. Like I've just been, you know, so inspired by you. What, what inspires you? She asks me. And I said, you know what? I said, Jenny, when I wake up in the morning and I have those two little sweet little faces looking at me, I'm inspired to get up and just move and make things happen. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so great. That's so and then my heroes, I, you know, I would say after everything, now, if you had asked me this, you know, 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, I don't know if I would have had the same answer. I probably would have come up with something different, but after everything I've been through and, and you always know that your parents are, are there for you or most parents are there for their children. But right. I'd have to say, you know, they're my heroes. They've had their own trials and tribulations and they've recovered from their setbacks but they have been my heroes because they have, they've believed in me every step of the way in my life. And that I'm very, very grateful for. That's awesome. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. How can people get in touch with you? People can get in touch with me. Let's see. I'll, I'll go, go ahead and give out a couple of websites. Yeah, and I'll put this in the uh, show notes all, too, but yeah, but definitely tell everybody. Oh, okay, great. Yes. Uh, it's bronwynison.com, which is B-R-O-N-W-Y-N, Ison, I-S-O-N.com. So Bronwyn Ison, that is my online yoga classes. So you can reach me uh, that way. But one of the best ways to reach me also, if you're wanting to communicate, you know, say uh, via email, you can go to Bronwyn at bronwynison.com or you can go to bronwyn at e-volve, V-O-L-V-E, yoga.com. And that's how people can reach out to me and just say, hey, tell right me more. Tell me, tell me about, um, along those lines, your site, Tell me about the yoga class, the online yoga program, because this is a fascinating thing. We didn't talk about this, but I want to talk about this for a second. Um, we'll just have to run long. But tell me about the programs that you're offering online right now. The programs that I'm currently offering online, and this has been something that I've been working on for quite some time. And I really, the de- the idea developed from that of a mentor of mine asking me or telling me years ago that I should get online. And this was four or five years ago. But at the time I was building my studio and then all my students were like, oh my gosh, because I have so many transient people. They're all over the United States that right. come out here to visit. They said, oh, you got to get, you, oh, I, I wish I could take you home with me. Why? Uh, please start doing classes online. So finally I was able to fulfill the request. The online classes are that of basically what you would find in my studio. So it is a vinyasa based style of yoga. So it's vinyasa, uh, vinyasa flow, yin yoga, restorative yoga, 
Uh, I, I break down some breathing, um, uh, some techniques in video, and it's on demand. So you don't have to show up at a certain time to be in the class. Um, you can take as many classes as you'd like. And it's a monthly subscription. The first week is absolutely free um, for seven days. And people can just enjoy yoga from anywhere, anytime. And then the platform will be growing. In fact, I was just talking to someone earlier. So it's yoga, wellness, and balanced living. So I've got the yoga portion of it, the wellness, and the balanced living portion of it is coming cool. uh, this next year. Mm-hmm. And it's... um. So it's free for the first week and then it's like 15 bucks a class, which seems super affordable, right? 15 bucks a month. Oh, it's only 15 a month? Yeah. It's very affordable. Oh, I thought it was 15 bucks a video. No, 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 no. It's very affordable. So you have access to as many classes as you want. I have one online user who's doing like three classes a day. So (laughs) she just loves her yoga. She was with me and she used to come every single day, but she recently moved to South Carolina. So now she's online. That's very affordable. yeah, it's, like, it's that's really less than incredible. I'm going to spend on coffee in like 10 minutes when we're off the phone. <laughs> exactly. So it's 15 <laughs> bucks a month and I upload videos each and every month, anywhere from eight to 10 videos. So I have a whole new, um, round of videos coming out here, November 1st. And some of the videos are a little bit longer than, um, than the last time, but yeah, you can, and you can keep, and then you can go back and you can watch it and you can pause it and if, you know, you want to rewatch something or break it down and I'm going to yeah, check it out. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, that sounds cool. Good. I didn't realize it was yeah. only 15 a month. I, for some reason I thought it was thinking it was 15 a class, which may, or 15 a video, which made sense. Like I was like, all right, that makes sense. The same thing as going to a class just through the convenience. Now it's 15 so a month. Yeah. Really which nice. is very, very affordable. So some of my in-studio users actually, or, um, in-studio clients, they actually do the online. And so they're online users. And then when they can't make it to class and they just hop online. Wow, that's super cool. I like that. Yeah, so it's fun. I've and that's having... on your that's on your main site, right? Bronwynison.com? Yeah. Yep. Yes, okay. it is. And it's on uh, my Evolve Yoga site as well. So people can download video. They can it'll take them right there. So it's really, really easy. It's super fun. I'm having a great time doing it. Yeah. And fantastic. uh it's a blast. Yes. Awesome. Well, so... thank you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Been, oh, this Jim, has been this has been such great. a pleasure. And I appreciate you taking the time. And I can't wait for the retreat next awesome. month. It's gonna be so and awesome. uh, it's going to be really, really fun. So again, Check if anyone's on the fence, summit. they need to. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right, All right Jim. Thanks. Have a great day. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast today. Really appreciate you guys listening in. If you like what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And you can always check us out online at heroupmedia.com. Heroupmedia.com. Talk to you guys soon.